Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, the podcast where we talk about failed and forgotten comic book movies. I'm one of your hosts, Arnaldo, and with me as always is... Berto, the other host. And Sable. Nope, she's not here. Don't listen to her, you guys. Okay, moving on. Uh, we talk about failed and forgotten comic book movies, how we decide rule number one, it must be a comic book superhero film. Rule number two, to determine what's a failed franchise, it must be out of business, so they're not making any more of them. And rule number three, if it put itself out of business, as in it said, we're done making movies, we made the movie we wanted to make, that's fine, and that's considered a success, as long as it made some money and it was, you know, people liked it, otherwise it's considered a failure. You on board? Yeah. All right, cool. But I mean, like, if you don't know these rules already, are you even listening to us? Well, you know, I thought it'd just be a good thing up top to just kind of remind yeah. people. Don't, no, 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 you're not involved. I was thinking, hi, everyone. I was thinking, it just is a little repetitive. I'm getting okay. criticism. Wow. <laughs> Real-time criticism. That's, you can't buy that kind of feedback. Yeah. Okay, but out. Okay. We have a small space here, so we've got Sable, my wife, painting over there. Do I not. You're not invited. No, you're so not bad. invited. You're not part of it. <laughs> you didn't watch the movie. You didn't watch the movie. You have no idea what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> what movie are we talking about, Birdo? We are talking about Kick Ass. We're talking about Kick Ass, movie by Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn, thank you. Comic book by Mark Millar. And Mark Millar's made a bunch of comic books. Some of them are on our list, so we will come back to him for sure. And we're going to come back to Matthew Vaughn as well. But this is Kick-Ass. <laughs> this is Kick-Ass. And this is one of the few movies on this list that I actually consider to be pretty damn good. I really liked it. It was one of those where I had to remind myself to like write down what was happening, take notes, because I was having a lot of fun watching it. Like, Same thing It, it really, like, it's one of those that like takes your full attention, which is nice. Exactly. So if you guys want to watch this movie, it is not available anywhere. We checked. You Just have to rent it. Just buy it. Just rent it. Honestly, like... This is one that's worth having. Yeah. I get annoyed, sidebar, I get annoyed when people don't want to rent movies anymore because back in the day, we used to go to Blockbuster. I used to go to Blockbuster with my dad like every weekend. At Blockbuster, a rental was like $5.99. Yeah. It wasn't cheap. And that was then. That was like in the late 90s. Well, and after Blockbuster, well, Blockbuster, I guess, was still around, but then Netflix came out and you would rent DVDs through Netflix and you'd wait for them to arrive in the mail. Yeah. And no, but the monthly rate was still like eight. No, it was like 15 bucks or something like that. It it was pretty pricey. Yeah. So just rent it. Honestly, like for $2.99, it's definitely worth renting. Uh, This was a good time. And if I know any of you in person, I will loan you the movie. I have the Blu-ray. Do you remember a time when you hadn't seen this movie? Do you remember when it came out? 2010. I was in high school still. Was this like prime for you? Yeah, probably. Me too. Yeah, I was 21. I did the math. So I was a college kid. This movie comes out and it's like, hey, do you like comic books? Here's a comic book-ish movie that's rated R. That hadn't been done yet. This this broke that barrier, I think. I was seven. This is actually the first R-rated movie I saw in theaters. I was 17. Oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know, right? Shut up over there. <laughs> Please keep all this in. There's, I, honestly, there's no way I can edit this out. When you say "wow" as he's talking, <laughs> wow, I didn't say it as he was talking. You, yes, you did. There's no. that's staying in. Uh, I would have been in college, and I remember like me and all my like fraternity buddies. We went to see this. That age group at that time. What could speak to you more than saying like, "Here's a rated R comic book movie"? I think this was one of those first movies that they had to put signs up in the movie theater that said. This is not for kids. Like this oh, is a rated R a movie. A lot of people, like even the trailers kind of made it just look like it's just a PG thirteen because it's very colorful, fun superhero movie. Yeah, and if you look at the poster, it's like colorful costumes. 
It looks fun. It looks like your average comic book movie, and it was not that at all, right? So <laughs> no. Since then, like obviously there was Deadpool, Logan, Joker. There's because before it was just I think Blade, and that was about it for R rated. Right, and uh, Deadpool was kind of the big one where parents had to kind of learn who that character was, so they would learn not to take their kids to that movie. And movie theaters had to be like, "Hey, are you sure? Like this is not for kids." I don't even think the people at the movie theater knew or gave a shit because I went with my little stepbrother who was like 12 at the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. What did he think? He liked it, but he he saw already oh, movies pretty young. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't really remember a time when I hadn't seen this movie. I just remember being in theaters, seeing it. I'd, I've only ever seen it once, so I kind of forgot everything before we saw this. I liked it in theaters. I didn't see the sequel. There's a sequel came out a few years later. Right. We'll get to next week. I don't know. I just I didn't go see it. You so. just not cared. To, well, I don't. I I do not remember the circumstances around which that film was released. I'm sure when we talk about so, it next time. Yeah, we'll, right, right, right. That's a conversation for next when week. We see like the release date. Sure. We'll be like, oh, well, that came out around. Yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, all right, you ready to get into it? Absolutely. Movie starts off. There's a guy on a roof in a suit. Do you remember this? I do, and the scene sets the tone for the movie like perfectly. Yeah, if anything, it really does. We see the guy on the rooftop wearing a superhero costume. He has wings. He has wings. It he looks like he's about to just like wings. dive off the building and fly. Yeah. And this is all while the main character's talking, so it kind of leads you to believe that that's him. Right. He jumps off. <laughs> Everyone's looking at him. They start kind of like clapping like and clapping, cheering. And there's heroic music there's playing. There's music, yeah. And then he just kind of crashes into a taxi cab. Kind of like our musical and just intro. Dies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, for sure. <laughs> And then, and then we get the, the narration who's like, oh, by the way, that's not me. That's some right. Armenian guy with a case of mental health issues. Yeah. Like you were saying, that pretty much encapsulates the feeling of this movie. Where yeah. it's like, hey, do you know comic book superheroes? Like, yeah, this guy died. This isn't that story. It's kind of telling you like, hey, being a superhero in real life won't work. Right. The thing I liked least about that scene is that later on, it doesn't come back to it. I thought maybe by the end of the movie, they were just kind of like... like said, it was, just, it was kind of like an isolated thing. Yeah, it was just kind of like this one-off thing. It was almost like a cutaway. It was, like but, a, it was almost like a cutaway gag, but yeah. at the beginning of the movie. It, it does set, again, it does set up the themes very well. It sets up kind of the feeling of this movie. Oh, absolutely. Kind of what it's about. In that sense, it works really well, I thought. <laughs> There's also this voiceover because in comic books, there's like a narrator. And a lot of times a narrator, so instead of a a thought bubble, it's it's a square. It's It's like a yellow square. Yeah, it's a yellow square. Sometimes it's it's a third-person narrator. Sometimes it's the actual character. But that's very common. Even in characters that are not very, like, talkative, like Batman. Like an inner monologue almost. Exactly. And so in these movies, when they try to translate it to film... I feel like that question comes up of, do we need to do a voiceover narration? And I think, no, you never need to do a voiceover. Like, generally, I think those are cheap. I think you can show what you want the person to be thinking. But Spider-Man specifically does it pretty well in that Tobey Maguire starts off by narrating. He doesn't do it the whole movie. He just does that at the very beginning. Right. And then at the very end. It's almost like a comic book page with those squares. Exactly. It's almost like an homage to comic books where it's like, you know, Spider-Man narrates his own stories in comics. And this is a comic book movie. However, the movie doesn't need that. You know, we can work that into dialogue or we can show you what the character is thinking. And this movie does a lot of that where this it movie is, does it pretty well. I it does it very yeah. well. Yeah. No, Matthew Vaughn really understands comic books, I feel. And we'll get to other movies that he's done. But 
where you can narrate, but not it's not over expository. It's you not know what like I'm Sex in the City. <laughs> it's a <laughs> funny thing to bring up, but yeah, but no, for sure. You know what I'm talking about, though, like the. The narration that they yeah. do throughout that. No, 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 no. Right, because I watched a good chunk of Sex in the City because my wife would put it on. What do you have to say? <laughs> okay, so Sex in the City. Did you watch the full show? No, not okay. the full show. The first season is like all narration and shit. Like, it's not good. She looks at the camera and talks to the camera. It's oh, she breaks the fourth wall? Yes, she Jeez. breaks the fourth wall. I don't wall. remember that. It's super uncomfortable and weird, and I feel like that's only the first few episodes. As the show goes on, it's less and less of that. Well, the problem with that is it it's like a band-aid over bad exposition. So, like, if the story I itself isn't telling you where the story is going, then someone needs to get on the microphone and say, and this is the part where it blah, 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 blah. But it's about her life. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> so. Okay. For the record, people, he doesn't talk to me like this in person. He's just trying to be cool on his podcast, so... Oh, we tell each other to shut up all the time. I tell you to shut up all the time. All right. In real life, you tell me to shut up. This bit isn't working. I'm not doing a bit. I'm for real. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a bit. Wow. This is their life. Okay. I just had some insight on Sex and the City. (laughs) It's appreciated, honestly. All right. Continue. Okay. So I think what that scene does really well, too, is that it romanticizes superheroes. And then instantly shows you the real life consequences. Yeah. You know, and that's what Kickass is all about. No, that's what this whole story is about. Yeah. This whole story is about what if in real life there were superheroes? What does that mean? When you talk about Superman and Batman, Spider-Man, Iron Man, the Avengers, whatever, that's not the real world. So these people can be like, oh, like we're going to go and fight evil, but we won't die because the story won't let us. Plot armor. Exactly. But in real life, if you were to go out and say, I'm going to fight crime, you'll probably die the first time. Oh, yeah, as we'll kind of see later. Yeah, no, exactly. And and that's the premise of Kick-Ass, right? Uh, So we move on six months prior, I think is what it said, before that guy jumped off the roof or whatever. And we have... Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Who was Quicksilver in... He's Quicksilver in... Age of Ultron. uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Right, right, right. And he's hanging out with his friend. So he's in high school. And I think he looks like a baby in this. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, he was the younger actor. He was the only one that was, like, age-appropriate. And I and I appreciate that because I hate when they do, like, high school movies. They don't get actors who would fit that age. Yeah. And it looks bad. It's like, again, no, not, not to keep on quoting young. Spider-Man, but, like, in Spider-Man we have Tobey Maguire and oh. fuck, what's his name? Yeah, Flash um, Thompson. I don't remember the guy that plays him, though. Joe, is it Joe something? Joe Manganiello. Yes. And they're both, like, in their early 30s at this point. They do not look like they're in high school at <laughs> all. Pretending to be in high school. I wouldn't want to fight so, me neither. Yeah, right, right. So I appreciate that they at least all look like they're in high school. Yeah. And there were so many 2010 references that I'm like, there's flip oh, phones. Oh, right off the bat. Oh my flip God. phones. They're talking MySpace. about MySpace. They're doing the Soldier Boy dance. Did they do Soldier Boy? I didn't see that. They're doing, like, the crank that. I didn't see that at all. <laughs> So they're in high school, and he's still doing narration about, like, what his life is like. He mentions that he has, and I thought this was kind of funny, how he has a crush on his English teacher. Yeah, and he's, like, fantasizing about her Her, her cleavage, yeah. Uh, his English teacher is maybe, like, 50 years old. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of weird, but I think that's part of the humor. I, like, appreciate it. He's just it. a horny teenager. But it's that's one of all the, it was. Okay, but it's one of those things that, like, if it was, like, the 60s, I'd be like, okay, cool. Like, all you got is your 50-year-old English teacher who, like, leans <laughs> over and her cleavage shows and... Because he specifically says, like, oh, no, like, all I do is, like, jerk off to my English teacher's tits. Yeah. Well, then he also said, like, it really doesn't take a lot to set me off. And then he's, like, doing, like, research, and he sees, like, an African tribeswoman that's topless, and he just starts he, going at it again. Right. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. So that probably, right off the bat, brings us to nudity minute. Almost immediately. Right off the bat. So there's no, like, main nudity, and there's not even any man abs, which is what usually what we talk about. But it does cut away to, like, a National Geographic African lady with her tits out. Yeah. And I think there's says, a scene, like, later in the movie where it's, like, implied nudity. There's a couple, like, raunchy scenes. But there's no, like, outright... No full right. outright nudity. It's just a National like Geographic yeah. kind of situation. Which is kind of But again, funny. again... It's, it's used in a funny way. It's 2010. Yeah. Like, there was internet and there's porn and he's like oh no like all i do all day is jerk off to national geographic and my english teacher i think it just shows how much of a loser he is i so that was kind of the first thing that i'm like really like 2010 but whatever you know it was funny so he basically says like he doesn't do much he hangs out with his friends he's kind of like a nerd he goes to the comic book shop after school he jerks off a lot He's got a crush on this girl, but she will never notice him or whatever. You know, almost like a Just Peter Parker stuff. type thing yeah. going on. Yeah, no, that's clearly the implication. <laughs> yeah. Peter Parker, like, he probably jerks off all day. You know what I mean? Like, that's why they can do it. No, he here. probably does. That's yeah. the point, I think, that they're trying to get across. He's, he, he was a lonely teenage no, nerd. Exactly, yeah. Like, what else was he doing? Yeah, no, seriously. So, um. They're in the comic book store I, hanging out, and he asks, how come no one's ever tried to be a superhero? What do his, his friends friend say? I don't his remember. His friend, I'm going to refer to him as Clark from The Office, but I know that's not his name. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, his yeah. name in the movie is Marty. But, like, his friend... What, what else is he in? Hot Tub Time familiar. Machine. Thank you. The guy with the glasses it. from Hot Tub Time yeah, Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Um, he His answer is, uh, probably because it's fucking impossible, dipshit. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and then uh, Evan Peters is there. and his, The other friend oh, is Evan the Peters. The other Quicksilver. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's their kind of funny, like, serendipitous connection, is that they both played Quicksilver, I think... In the same year, in the same, right? That, those movies not came the, out same the same year, year. than very close. They were very close. I remember. I think I, they were both 2014. Marvel hadn't quite figured out what characters belong to what film agreement. And Quicksilver was like a gray area. Because, right, because Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver both serve on the Avengers a lot in the comics, but they're also X-Men. Do they belong in one franchise or the other? So they could basically use them in both. Yeah, so there's and almost so like a little movie, competition. Like, oh, yeah. which Quicksilver was better? I don't know about you. I like Aaron Taylor Johnson's better. I did too. It was a damn shame they killed him off. They killed him off in that In first the same movie. movie. I have a feeling... They're going to bring they're gonna Aaron bring Taylor him back. Johnson yep. back. Uh, WandaVision seems to be invoking a lot of House of M, which is a comic book run where Scarlet Witch goes crazy because someone dies. She goes crazy, and so she's so powerful that she recreates her reality. Yeah. And in her reality, Magneto and her and their immediate family, because Magneto's her dad, have their own island. All the Marvel superheroes are there, but in different kind of capacities. So, like, Spider-Man is super popular because that's what he's always wanted. Okay. And, uh, oh, shit, I kind of forget. But the point of it is she recreates reality because she's so distraught. And that seems to be what they're doing in WandaVision. You think they're going to bring back Quicksilver? I think that because that's one of the things that, like, kind of haunts her is Quicksilver's death. 
That's her brother, you yeah. know. I think they're gonna bring him back for that show, and I'd be super really excited. Cool with that. Yeah, I, I, like I, I think it's gonna be great. Uh, and I've been calling it for years. I said one day they're gonna do a House of M, where she goes nuts. I didn't know they were gonna do it in a TV show, which is gonna be great because it's more hours of content. Yeah, but, more storytelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, I like him better than Evan Peters' Quicksilver, which yeah. seems to be kind of like a one-note gag in those movies. Yeah, but also a lot of people, like, lot of people like the Evan Peters one better. It's a fun little kind of scene when he's being Quicksilver and he's kind of running around. Yeah. He puts on like his like music and Yeah, no, he was definitely more fun. I don't think he was a better character though. If that makes sense. No, for sure. That's what I'm saying. I think he's very one note. Yeah. But moving on. It's kind of fun to see both Quicksilvers together, right? Yeah. <laughs> also and both playing nerds. Right. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson also plays one of the main characters in Godzilla. We saw yes. that not like a year ago. And his girlfriend is <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. Who plays his sister Who in plays Avengers. Plays his sister in Avengers as Scarlet Witch. So the casting for these very specific characters, I think, is funny. Yeah. So it's established that he is a like comic book nerd. He right. references Superman. He references a couple other superheroes. Uh, his friend is reading a Marvel Runaways comic while they're talking. I figured there's a bunch of Easter eggs that I'm oh, not going to catch. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. So Mark Strong plays a bad guy. Big surprise. Mark Strong always plays a bad Mark guy. Mark Strong's cool, though. I love Mark Strong. He's a great actor. But I feel like he's never not played the bad guy. In Kingsman, he plays a good guy. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. He's a right, very right. lovable character in Kingsman, too. He's awesome in Kingsman. But otherwise, he's mostly the bad guy. Well, yeah, he's got the Play Sinestro. Oh, we're going to get to him back in Sinestro when he we do does play Sinestro. Green Lantern. Holy shit. Hell, yeah. Oh, I'm excited we should do that soon. He plays a bad guy in something else, too. Not important. So we meet uh, his son, who is... Oh, they meet him in the comic book store. They meet him, right. That's the right, transition okay. I'm going for here. What's his name? The actor's name? Yeah, the actor. You just said it Christopher Mintz Plus. Right. That's McLovin from McLovin Superbad. McLovin from Superbad. So if you can imagine, this is like two years after and Superbad. So they yeah. definitely casted him off of this Superbad high. That He's got like this like on, dorky right? charm, though. Right. But again, after Superbad, they're like... There's nobody else that can play this character better, right? Yeah. This is kind of this misunderstood rich kid. No, he doesn't have any friends because he's super rich. Bodyguards uh, he, don't really let anyone near him. Right. Because um, Kick-Ass. Should I call him Kick-Ass or Dave? We can start calling him Kick-Ass because I'm not going to call him Dave. All right. So Kick-Ass. The main character that we've been talking about. Walks up to this kid yeah. because they see they see the rich kid walk into the comic book store and his friends are like, oh, man, that's uh, Chris D'Amico. He's the... I kind of feel bad for him because, you know, he doesn't seem to have any friends. He's rich. Everything Arnaldo just said about him. So they convince Kick-Ass to go talk to him. And as he's approaching the kid, Chris looks up and smiles like he's almost happy that someone's coming to talk to him. And then his body card comes up and he just goes, fuck off. Yeah. (laughs) So the implication is this kid doesn't have any friends. Yeah. Uh, Later on, we see him in like a limo in the back of a limo and the dad played by Mark Strong who is Frank D'Amico he's the villain of this movie I'm probably gonna call him Mark Strong the whole time <laughs> is doing some gangster shit yeah uh, like, like he found out got, um, someone a lot of his drugs. coke went missing right and the guy's like somebody dressed as a superhero came in kicked all of our asses and took it all oh that's right and they don't believe him yeah and so he leaves. He's like, oh, I got to take my kid to a movie. He gets in the back. This scene was really funny. Yes. Because I wrote this in my you notes, can, too. Yeah, you can hear him. You can hear all the gangster shit happening yeah, in the background. Yeah, you hear the screaming, the torture. Right. And he's just talking to his kid about, like, going to the movies. Yeah, meanwhile, he's like, oh. He's like, like oh, I, uh, we're late I for get the movie. We're late for the movie. I'm going to get an icy. What about blah, some popcorn? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, and, but the trailers, this and that. And it, they're just having this conversation. But in the background, you hear, like, 
screaming, torture, and then eventually you just hear a gunshot and then silence, and then they're still just talking about the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, so I thought it was pretty clever. It's a little bit of dark humor sprinkled in there, which there's actually a lot of dark humor in this movie. Yeah, and I, it's one, again, this is kind of what this movie is based on. Yeah, so this is another scene good, that captures uh, the right. tone perfectly. Exactly, early on. But I know um, when they go to the movies, there was a fun little Easter egg on the, the marquee. It says that the movie that's playing is The Spirit 2. Really? Yeah. Damn. And I think um that is that's did Matthew Vaughn direct nope. the spirit. Nope. That's did, Frank Miller, and that happened way later. That's it, funny, it, right? Who wrote the spirit? The spirit's old. The spirit's an old character. It's from like um. It is we funny talk, we that it, about it, it, it literally said episode. like the spirit. Too. Yeah, no, no. So that's like a joke, meaning like it's it, like a comic book joke. It, it, no, I think it's a joke saying like the movie industry is, is just kind of like squeezing everything it can out of. Like the comic books, out of basically. Out of yeah. every character that, that they went to go see the spirit to. So it cuts to we meet Nick Cage and Chloe Grace Moretz. Oh. So this is her scene. debut. I don't think it's her debut, but this is like her big kind of like. It's her big break. It's her big break, yeah. Uh, she's quite famous now. At this time, she's like 11 years old, right? Yeah, like literally. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, and she's amazing in this movie. She rivals Nick Cage. Yeah, uh, and so <laughs> we picked this movie because of Nick Cage because it was the connection from this to Ghost Rider. But so they're in a random what is it called? It's like a it's a it's, waterway. Yeah, like under like under like under a bridge streets under a bridge and stuff like yeah. that. And Nick Cage is like, it's not going to hurt. I promise. Pulls a gun on his daughter. Shoots you don't know. Her. <laughs> yeah, shoots her. You don't know what they're doing, yeah, and that's part of like the like surprise or whatever. It's like, you're going to be fine, baby doll. Yeah. And then shoots her, and she's like, okay, dad. Boom. Like, she gets shot in the chest, falls down. <laughs> then you realize she's wearing a bulletproof vest. And he's like, well, you need to know what it feels like. When some junky asshole pulls a Glock. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's wearing a bulletproof vest. A bullet kind of pops right off. She's like, oh, yeah, it didn't really hurt or whatever. But I'm over here like, what if he fucking misses? <laughs> like, that is such a risk to take. And I get that he's like a professional. Like, he's, he's really also kind good. of a psycho. Yeah. And I'm like, I get that he's a Batman type and we're going to get to that. But holy shit, dude. Like, <laughs> this is your daughter. Yeah. And she's 11. So, she seems to be all about it, though. Right. And we'll get to it. But I feel like she's kind of also being brainwashed. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Very so much so. What happens after this? We get to the point where um, I think this is when he kick decides ass, to be kick-ass, right? He like orders a bunch of shit online and makes his suit, basically, which looks exactly like his suit from the comic, by the way. Yeah, so they were not shy is, about that at all. No, and they have no reason to be shy because this isn't like X Men two thousand. Let's put them all in black, leather. right? And that movie gets shit for it nowadays, but at the time, I think it was super smart to. Make their super suits kind of uniform, more inviting, like give it some sort of like in universe reason as to why it exists, you know? Right. Whereas in this, it's like, no, the whole point of this movie is that real people can be superheroes if they really want to. Yeah. And therefore go all crazy. So he gets like this green spandexy. With it's yellow like a scuba suit, right? type yeah. Thing. You see him kind of buying it online, and I think it's funny because he wears it with like oh. boots. <laughs> boots, yeah, like Timberland boots. Yeah, and then he has like a baton. And he, yeah, but he doesn't have the baton originally. He gets it later. Oh, like, true. I think he has like one baton at first. Yeah, earlier in the movie, he gets picked on by a couple like street bullies. 
He gets mugged, like, right after he leaves the yeah. comic book store. You get the impression that he knows these people, and that they get mugged all the time by them. Right. They're like, oh, we don't have any money, like, you stole, you took our money last time or whatever. So, he really wants to do something about it. He feels like, you know, he should do something about it. Yeah, he, and there's he, this great kind of, like, montage where he's trying to kind of train himself into being a superhero, and it's clearly... <laughs> based on spider-man right there's the part where he's like running across the rooftop and then he just stops and, and he's, he's, like, sto- he's like oh fuck like what the fuck i can't <laughs> jump to the other rooftop like what am i doing he also he puts the kick-ass suit on underneath his school clothes and yeah. goes to school in and it. he goes to school in it just in case because you never know <laughs> when danger is going to be a fight, and when i saw that that's when i was like oh man this guy's a fucking dork he's a nib right and that's kind of the point because that's what Spider-Man does and that's what Superman does. Right. You know, and that's what the Flash has a suit in his ring or whatever. Like, they're ready to go at a moment's notice. So he's got to be ready. So he has to be ready to go, exactly. And he is ready when it's... Also, he has ready. no fucking skills oh. at all. Like, no, he's, he's sort of... He's a dweeb. He's a dweeb. He's a big kid. old dweeb. Yeah. And he tries to kind of, like, train himself a little bit. There is that montage, like I was saying. He does, like, sit-ups <laughs> Yeah, not a whole lot. But again, it's realistic. If I sat in my room and did sit-ups for a month, I can't go fight crime. <laughs> no, like, you'd be in more shape, but yeah, that's not going to teach I might you have abs. It's not like a good skill. That's not skill. training. Right. Yeah. So by the time he finishes his montage, gets his costume, becomes kick-ass, he decides to like go do something. He goes and fights those two bullies. Because right? he sees them like he, trying to like jack yeah. a car. So he goes around the corner, he changes into his kick-ass suit, he comes back, and what happens? He attempts to fight them and immediately gets stabbed. He immediately gets shit kicked out of him and stabbed. (laughs) I think that's kind of the point of this whole movie. Yeah, if you attack gangsters in the street, like, that's probably not going to end well for you. No, you're going to get stabbed. You're going to shank? They they shank him and run away, and then as he's, like, kind of, like, hobbling away... they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, that too. And then he gets hit by a car. Oh, that's right. That too, yeah. Just the icing on top of the cake. They throw him into, like, the street. He gets hit by a car. The guy drives away. And so he's in the ambulance, and he apparently convinces the ambulance to, like, hide his suit so he's not, like, embarrassed on top of this. So he goes into the hospital I feel like it would be more embarrassing to be found naked. naked. Right. Once he's out of the hospital, he is like, I'm basically Wolverine now, right? Yeah, he said his like nerve endings are all fucked up, so he like can't feel pain. I'm sure he can feel pain, but, but like, not not, not as nearly much. as much. Right. Yeah, and they put plating on like all his bones. So his bones was, are a lot harder. Was, first of all, he was you, fucked up. You would need to have like broken every bone in your body in order to justify getting well, plating. He got stabbed. Gone. He got the shit kicked out of him, and then he got hit by a car. So. We'll talk about this later, but I feel like it was kind of a break from reality because the whole premise of this movie is that it takes place in our reality, right? And I feel like this is one of the instances where it breaks from that and it doesn't land as well. I feel like it has to at certain points, though. Sure. So it gives him a little bit of reason to at least like have be some able superpowers. To right. Be able to not immediately start crying when he gets hit or something. Right. Yeah. During this time, he like is more inspired. He doesn't get excited about his teacher's cleavage anymore. No, he's Which much more was like, a funny kind of gag. He's much more driven. Yeah. So, like, right before he gets there, he says, what, what does he say? Like, every si- serial killer already knows, fantasizing just doesn't cut it, and you have to take action. Right. So, he can't just sit around and pretend to be a superhero anymore. Right. He has to actually do something. You have something. to act on it. Yeah. And I think it's super interesting that he compares, not only himself, he compares superheroes to serial killers. Which is, like... <laughs> 
well, serial killers are obviously psychos. Yeah. So is this also saying, like, anybody that would be a superhero is kind of a psycho? Right. I think that's kind of, like, it's a fun the little, crux of yeah. this movie and this whole premise. Oh, it's it like, kind of is. Like, they're all do you need psycho. To be, do you need to be insane to do this? You absolutely do. Right. But does that make you heroic or does it make you insane? I think that's the question here. It's like, I think you are you... Both. It, well, are you actually insane but perceived heroic? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you go out and do this, like, if I went out tomorrow and said, I'm going to go find, like, villainy. And beat the shit out of it. No, exactly. And does that make me a hero or does that make me insane? Oh, you're probably insane. Exactly. Your intent is to be a hero. So, I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. But, so he's in the hospital. Meanwhile, we get the microwave scene. Where the bad guys oh. are. And I think this, it kind of didn't serve any purpose this scene. It was just kind of just to be fun, I think. But they cut back yeah. to the villains. It was a little bit more of um, exposition, too. A little bit, yeah. But they cut back to the villains, and they're like, they have this new giant microwave that they can stick someone in. And they're like, all right, we'll torture this guy and get the they're information still trying we to get need. Information. But they don't know they don't how it works. They don't get anything out of them. They don't get anything out of them. They turn the microwave on, and the guy's like, I'm about to like get fucked up. And they're like... Where'd you get the coke or whatever? Yeah. Who's who's taking the coke? Anyway, yeah. the guy's like, I'm I'm not comfortable. Hello, he, he's like dying in the microwave, him. and, and then, then the he, people outside are like, Can you even hear us? Like, no, <laughs> right? And then he fucking explodes. Yeah, and they're like, Oh fuck! Like he, there's blood everywhere. Well, all right, here's it was a fun scene. What the honestly. fuck did you think was gonna happen when you put no, the somebody- whole time? Because early, at the beginning of the scene, they're like, oh, it's like a microwave. Well, what do you think's going to happen when you put a human being in a microwave? Like, you've put food in <laughs> they're gonna there. They're going to be superheated they're going to blow up. Exactly. Surely you can imagine. You've had shit well, explode in your own microwave that, before. But the guy puts the timer for five minutes. <laughs> First of all, you put nothing in the microwave for five minutes. That shit's not going to be edible. No. Yeah, because they're like, oh, this fucking thing works. <laughs> he just puts five like, zero zero start and five just minutes. shrugs. Uh-uh. At the very beginning, the guy's like, I'm very uncomfortable. This is not okay. And then he explodes. Blood splatters everywhere. They get no information. It's out of one him. of the more like disgusting scenes in the movie, too. I feel like it's one of those scenes where they're like, all right, it's rated R. Like, yeah. where do we push the boundaries? No, and where I'll be honest, it, it did make it? me laugh. It's very fun. I love yeah. that scene a lot. So now, like every superhero... He did a thing, he has confidence, and he gets the girl, right? No, he doesn't get the girl. What Instead, what happens, he thinks he's going to get the girl. Yeah. So the girl that he's been, like, kind of fawning over goes to talk to her, and she's like, oh, yeah, like, people like you, like, because he's hurt, he went to the hospital, he's still injured, he hasn't recovered yet. And she's like, I've always wanted a friend like you, blah, 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 but I've never had a gay friend before. Everybody thinks he's gay because he was found naked after he got... Mu- yeah, I'm not right. sure why that means he's gay. It's 2010, and I feel like it's not as sensitive as we would be today. Well, even back then, I was like, how does that make him gay? Kind of hard, but yeah, no, right. And so she assumes he's gay and, and, before, and all but... of a sudden he starts acting like the gay best friend. So he's like, okay, yeah, I'll be the gay best friend. He's like, yeah, of course I'm gay or whatever. And so he becomes best friend with this girl that he's in love with. Which, you're just torturing yourself, dude. Yeah, and so they're, like, hanging out. They're becoming best friends. He's giving her at massages. One point, right. No, at one point, he's applying self-tanner on her. Oh, that's And she's, like, doing. naked, and he's, like, putting tanner on his back or whatever, on her back. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember where that scene goes, but... It doesn't really go anywhere. No, he's exactly. gay, remember? Right. 
So now that he's healed, he goes off to be he starts kick doing ass he again. starts doing like jobs. He so opens up a website. Yeah, he starts a MySpace. He's, he's not a, popular yet. He doesn't get popular yet. Yeah, so he goes and he finds like a like a he's poster just doing for a good cat. Deeds, basically. I feel like, and again, this harkens back to Spider Man, where Spider Man's like a friendly neighborhood superhero. He's not doing the big stuff. He's doing the little stuff. Right. That's kind of Spider Man's thing, right? He finds a poster for a lost cat. He's like, I'm gonna find this cat. He rips the poster off and runs away with it. And I'm like, that's not helpful. And then he just kind of just walks people around. Need... Hey, have you seen this cat? Yeah, that's not helpful at all. Statistically, more people would see it if you had left it up on the post. Yeah. But take a picture of it on your flip phone. Yeah, they have flip phones. Show it to everyone. We saw his flip phone. It has a camera. He goes eventually that night finds the cat. It's at the top of a fucking billboard. Yeah. He climbs a billboard, gets the cat, comes back down. And then a crime is happening, right? Well, he kind of makes it worse before he makes it better. Because he falls off the billboard after yelling, Fuck you, Mr. Bitey. <laughs> right. Damn cat. <laughs> and he falls down, and then somebody's running and trips over him Like as soon as he falls. Yeah. And then all the people that are chasing him caught up to him because he accidentally tripped this man. The man who he tripped was running away from yeah. some bad guys. And then they all just start beating the shit out of this guy. Yeah, and then he, so he decides to get involved. And so he fights these bad guys. He's yeah. not very good. No, but, but he's, he's persistent. Yeah, and, and I, I can respect that. I totally respect that in a fight. Like, I've never been in a fight, no, he is, but he at least is, like, trying yeah. his best. And then, like, a passerby comes by, some teenage kid, and he tells the kid to call 911. The kid nods and runs inside. He runs into a diner and he's like, hey, there's a guy fighting a bunch of guys. Let's go all watch. Yeah, and then they all just stand out there and start recording and watch as, you know, one would, I guess. Sure. I mean, I guess if I heard, like, some dude just superheroes beating someone up, I would... Honestly, I would absolutely be like, all right, what the hell is going on? Record the whole thing. Like, I... By the way, nobody called 911. I might have called the cops, but (laughs) I'm kind of an adult now, so... Right. A bunch of kids that were just recording. Yeah, a bunch of kids yeah. come outside and start watching this brawl happen. He's kick-ass is a terrible fighter, but like you said, he's very persistent. He yeah. does not give up. And for me, I'm like, this guy, he just got beat the fuck up like a few, probably a month prior. Right. Shouldn't he have like gotten more protection? Like some armor, like something? He's still wearing the same shit. I don't know. I feel like I would have done things yeah. very differently than he. But he continues fighting these gangsters until they're like, you're really going to like die for this like piece of shit that you don't even know? And then Kick-Ass brings up the point. He's like, three assholes laying in on one guy while everybody else watches? Yeah, I'd rather die than let you do this. Yeah. And then before the guy like walks away, he goes, you're fucking crazy, kid. Yeah. And that too, <laughs> it's like we're still comparing superheroes to like psychopaths, psychopaths. Yeah. yeah like you have to be crazy to want to do this oh, yeah because this is not a normal thing that right. anybody would do but then there's like this i nice love that little... at one point one of them says what the fuck are you supposed to be the green condom you know i'm like i i giggled way too much that was like the line <laughs> of the whole movie but like what the fuck is your plan you know when you do it like... yeah but, but uh, so this scene is actually kind of like inspiring in a way though because the guy, like, thanks... He asks if the guy's okay, and the guy's just like, oh, my God, like, thank you. Yeah, he definitely does the right thing. He saves yeah. the guy. Uh, he ends up beating up the other guys. I think cops show up. He runs away. And then all that footage that people were recording on their very low-res yeah. camera phones gets uploaded to MySpace. Yeah. And then we have the montage where it's, like, on the news. And this is also where he comes up, like, where he officially calls himself Kick-Ass, because the, right. the kid recording asks, like, who, who are you? He's like, I'm Kick-Ass. I'm Kick-Ass. Yeah. And then... He goes viral. Yeah, he goes viral. 
they show Craig Ferguson uh, on the Late Late Show. I like Kick-Ass. And he's talking about, <laughs> right, he's talking about Kick-Ass or whatever. And I'm like, I'm watching this, I'm like, God damn, I miss Craig Ferguson so much. Because at the time, me and my mom would watch Craig Ferguson on the Late Late Show every single night like that was our thing we would if we missed it we would record it i miss him so much he's such a talent but that made that like brought me back to 2010 i'm like hell yeah dude no this movie shows its age but like in a good way i feel like yeah no seriously it's myspace it's 2010 it's craig ferguson it's flip phones it was awesome in (laughs) that sense yeah and um everybody's obviously watching this on the news including the bad guys frank and his family but they're just like oh fucking crazy guy like whatever Mm -hmm. like they they don't think anything of it and kick-ass isn't a threat to them yet right so then they go to kick-ass is talking to or or dave that's the name right dave he's talking to the girl and she's like, yeah, this guy is bothering me or whatever. She still thinks he's, like, a gay best friend or whatever. And he's, he's like, like, oh, you should message Kick-Ass. You should, right, because at this point, Kick-Ass is, like, taking requests on MySpace. Yeah, his and so he's like, page has, right. like, a thousand friends and counting. So I think this is funny. And, I, and, again, I think it's a very Spider-Man slash Superman thing where Clark Kent or Peter Parker can't get the girl, but Superman or Spider-Man can. And he literally says that. And they do that. He does? He, he literally says that later in the movie. Oh, I don't remember He's like, that what's part. the difference between Spider-Man and Peter Parker? Spider-Man gets the girl. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because she's interested in Kick-Ass. She's like, oh, no, Kick-Ass is super hot. He's cute. And he's Right. <laughs> and she and he's like, oh, no, but she thinks that yeah. he's her, like, gay best friend or whatever. Yeah. You it's know, hilarious because so right. it's the same person. So he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go take care of this guy that's bothering her or whatever. And they Oh, and this shit goes sideways. Right. And he goes to, like, this random apartment clearly like a gangster's like a drug dealer's apartment he's playing call uh, of duty modern warfare 2 damn yeah this movie shows its age so well <laughs> but like in a good way like you said yeah uh so he he goes in and he's like oh like you don't need to bother this girl anymore and he's like who the fuck are you yeah and i'm sitting here going like what's your plan dude like you don't have superpowers May I fair, remind he's got you. some serious balls here though no sure he's like who the fuck are you and he's like i'm kick-ass and I'm giving you a message. Yeah, but I think he's relying on his social media uh, yeah. presence at this point, and not like any <laughs> skill that he has. I'm like, how are you going to get out of this if they decide to beat you up? I love what he says here though, because it's so ballsy. He's like, "Leave Katie alone, or I'll come back and break your fucking legs." He says this while surrounded by like henchmen. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Like that might be like the best thing Kickass has going for him at this point because he's not good at anything. No, he's not. And they start, like, beating him up. They start fighting yeah. him or whatever. Well, he pulls out a taser and shoots this guy in the face with it. <laughs> and all that did was piss him off. They're about to, like, basically kill him. Right. And then all of a sudden, this guy gets stabbed through the chest. Basically, Hit Girl, which is Chloe Grace Moritz's character. Yes, yeah, this little 11-year-old up. girl shows 11-year-old up. 11-year-old girl. Calls she's... everybody in the room a cunt. <laughs> yeah. She's fucking awesome. She starts murdering people left and right. She's doing flips. Yeah. She's got swords. She's cutting off people's legs. It's not even a sword. It's a staff with blades on each yeah. end. So it's like a double-sided lightsaber kind of situation. Yeah. It's badass. Yeah, it's like legs are getting chopped off. The action in this movie is amazing, by the way. It is. It's very well done. There's great music. Oh, they're playing a, like a remix of the Banana Splits theme song. Well, she's like slicing legs off. Yeah, yeah. It's oh no, it was great. awesome. So basically, Kikaz is not doing anything in this scene. Meanwhile, Hit Girl is He's just like in shock and. Everybody left and right. And Kikaz uh, just like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. She's being very proficient. The last guy shows up and gets shot in the head because Big Daddy is Nick Cage's character, which yeah. is Hit Girl's dad, has a sniper across in the yeah, next And he was about over. to sneak up on Hit Girl. And- right. Because he's constantly training Hit Girl, as we saw earlier in the movie. And then you hear um, like a little bit of that where he's like, what did I always tell you to keep your back? And she said, to the wall. To the wall Sorry, right. Daddy. You don't want anyone coming up to you. Exactly. Yeah. So she's fantastic in this movie. And I feel like this isn't Kikasa's movie, it's Hikaru's movie, but it's framed. Well, she definitely from, steals the show every time she's yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And, but it's framed from Kikasa's point of view, yeah. which I think is the way to go. Like, I think mean, it is better. This is where uh, Kickass first sees Big Daddy, and then Hit Girl escapes by jumping to another roof, and then Kickass is like, oh, I can't fucking do that shit. Oh, yeah. And then they just. Because he tried earlier, <laughs> yeah. too, which was awesome. And he's too scared to do it, so they leave. But he's back at his apartment. Right. The point is, the bad guy, Frank D'Amico, Mark Strong, uh, assumes that... He gets word that a bunch of his men died. Right. He's kind of running a drug cartel here. Right. And all these guys were involved with that. They're his dealers. Mm -hmm. And they're all dead, and they assume Kick-Ass did it, because Kick-Ass is getting all the attention... And that media. and, like, the last picture on somebody's phone was, was, was a picture right, of kick-ass, yeah. yeah. It's not looking good for uh, Dave. Right, because he's also not a good superhero no. because he's getting photographed all the time. And we're going to talk about Batman a lot, but, like, at least Batman is a mystery. Because when Batman is at a crime scene, you don't know he was there. Right. That's his whole You don't have mantra. pictures of Batman yeah. everywhere. You know, right. You don't have a picture of Batman looking like an idiot. Like, oh, trying to run away. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. So, like, Hit Girl, no one knows Hit Girl was there. No one knows Big Daddy was there. No. They know that Kick-Ass was there. And Kick-Ass and that's even, the problem. Um, when he fired the taser, he left his cartridge there. That, right. So later that on. Girl picked up. Exactly. So later on, Kick-Ass is in his apartment. Or, sorry, in his house. Yeah, he lives, he lives with, with his dad. dad. Because his mom had died recently. Of an aneurysm. Of so it was it was no, nothing, yeah. like, dramatic. And he basically said, like, nothing much changed. Like, it's just me and my dad now, but everything's mostly the same. Well, life goes on. Right. And then Hit Girl and Big Daddy show up at his apartment. Yeah, they're just in his bedroom. Fuck, in his bedroom. I keep, yeah, I keep thinking he's like a grown-ass man. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he's a kid. Not. That's he's the whole a kid. Point. He's in his bedroom. Hit Girl and Big Daddy show up in his room. They basically confront him, and they're like, hey, um, idiot, you left this taser right. cartridge at the scene of the crime. You're leaving evidence behind. They, they can trace this back to and, you. And he's like, well, how'd you find me? And they're like, well, like... I tracked your, your IP, IP address. address from your stupid like, fucking Facebook oh, page. Fuck. Yeah. Like, you're really dumb, and you're really bad at this. But uh, they think he has potential. Right. I love when they first, like, discover Kick-Ass, and Hit Girl's like, oh, you know, he's not he's not that bad. He's actually pretty good. And then Big Daddy goes, good at getting his ass kicked. They should call him Ass Kick instead. Yeah. And he does, like, a little <laughs> Nick Cage laugh, like, <laughs> Yeah, and so when he meets him, he's like, hey, Ass Kick. <laughs> By the way, he, he calls him that the yeah, rest of the movie. He calls him Askick, and he's talking like um, Adam West. Adam West Batman. So if you look at, on our Instagram, we shared a picture of him already, but if you look at Big Daddy, if you've seen this movie, so Big Daddy is basically Batman. Yes. He's very, very, he's very proficient right. at guns and sneaking around and just being a superhero with no superpowers, basically. Right. So like your Batman, he wears kind of this dark suit. He has the black With like cowl. a helmet with a black cowl. No I think ears. they have capes. No, 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 no. Because he's not literally Batman. No. But he has like a belt with a big big D on <laughs> it uh, for Big Daddy. And it is yeah. the exact belt as like the early Like the Batman, Batman. utility yep. belt. But when he's wearing the suit, he's acting as Adam West, as Batman. <laughs> Complete the with like way, the, the yes. speech and everything. Yeah, the way he's talking is Hello, very much ass like... kick. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I tracked your IP address. Yeah, uh, all the pauses. And oh, stuff. it's fantastic, and it's one of my favorite things about his character. It's so good. Oh, Nick Cage is actually pretty fantastic. At fr- no, at first I was like his handlebar mustache because he's wearing like this like Batman esque mask where only kind of like his mouth is showing and his mm-hmm. chin is showing, and he has a handlebar mustache. And I'm like, well, that's definitely gonna give you away because one in a hundred people, maybe less, have a handlebar mustache. Right. But later on, it's shown that like he he has a regular mustache and he yeah. puts prosthetics on. It's like <laughs> fake mustache. Kind of yeah. hilarious. No, it's it's fantastic. It's a great idea because, like I said, one in a million people have a handlebar mustache. Right. So it's a great way to like. And you see him put applying like the black like paint around his the eyes. Eye makeup, the eye yeah. makeup. Yeah, it's it's really good. I really like his character. So they leave. They go back to their house, and we get to learn more about them, Big Daddy and Hit Girl. They're in kind of like their hideaway. They've got a bunch of guns on the wall. Yeah. They've got computers and stuff like that. Oh, is this where uh, Marcus? And Yeah, and they introduce Marcus. So they do this really interesting... So they break away. They do a little like bit a of... like a breakaway into like a... Kind of like Big Daddy's origin story, basically. Yeah. But it's... in a comic In book. a comic book. It's so good how they do it. So it's like this different animation piece... Nick Cage is narrating it, but it's all animated. It's kind of comic booky. Yeah. And it's meant to show you the origin of Big Daddy and Hit Girl. Basically, it was Big Daddy and this guy Marcus. They were both cops, very good cops. So Frank D'Amico has a part of the police like in his on his payroll. Yeah. And th- it's explained later that Big Daddy was actually offered to be on and he refused. So he got framed as a drug dealer and got put to jail. Yeah. Uh, his wife basically couldn't cope with it killed herself she well she was doing hard drugs doing hard drugs and died so she dies while being well, pregnant with hit with, girl yeah and, and then so hit girl was born they were able to save hit girl as she dies yeah. her name is mindy mindy and marcus basically took care of mindy while because nick cage is in jail while nick cage was right. in jail and then Nick Cage obviously trained while he was in jail, got out of jail. He wants to get revenge. And then yeah. he starts this whole superhero fantasy in his head. Yeah, because he's also yeah. a comic book nerd. I think yeah. that's the implication And you here. do find out that this whole comic book thing was actually a comic book that his character made for Mindy. Because Marcus is in there reading the comic book. And he's like, you're brainwashing your kid with this shit. Oh, yeah. That was a really good transition. Yeah. I thought that whole scene was really good. It, it was almost like Harry Potter. And with the three brothers. With the three brothers, which is like this animated sequence which within the movie. Really cool within the movie, And it's actually. such a nice kind of break to like, oh, we're in this different movie now, and then we get to come back. It's just a smart exposition tool. So that yeah. was actually an original for this movie, and Mark Millar really, really liked it. So I <laughs> I feel like Mark Millar is like the anti-Alan Moore, where he makes a lot of good stuff, but he's really into also the film adaptations, yeah, too. I feel like he's really appreciative of the he, film yeah, adaptations no. of his uh, work. He actually went to say that like he liked the movie better than his own book. I'll be honest, I like the movie better than the comic, too. You read it? I read the comic after the movie came out. Oh, okay. I've only yeah. read it once, but in the comic, I believe Big Daddy like wasn't like a cop or anything. He was literally just a psycho that kidnapped that his kidnaps daughter. That kidnaps a girl, yeah. yeah. And in this, they make him, like, a very sympathetic character. Yeah. Because you kind of There's understand, more weight to his yeah. story. And you kind of understand why he would do this, because he went to jail, wrongfully accused. Yeah. He's trying to fight, like, this mob boss 
and he's, he's got very, very good justified. Yeah, he's, he's very good intentions. But but also like, what is he doing to this child? And right. That's where the like the ethics yeah. come in, and and so Mark Millar really liked it better than his own version, <laughs> which is fair. Like you know, when you get other people involved, you might end up with something better. Yeah. When you get a couple different eyes on you know your own material, but so yeah, I, I honestly feel like he's the anti Alan Moore. <laughs> like we were saying, Alan Moore hates anybody trying to adapt anything. Of right. His- so then they cut to the bad guy, Mark Strong. He's driving around, and he wants kick-ass because he's assuming kick-ass is responsible for everything that's going on. And he's wrong still, like, in this. shock about it, too. He's like, one guy killed yeah, all my men. Right, right. So he's just driving around. He's like, we need to find kick-ass. He's driving around, and he sees kick-ass just walking yeah, in front like, of him. he's like, I don't fucking believe it. Yeah, and so they, <laughs> they follow him. They follow him into, like, a, like, an alley, and they decide to, like beat the shit out of him, and then he kills him. Yeah, he gets out of the car, beats the shit out of him, and shoots him. Shoots him. And the whole time, his his bodyguard's like, dude, what the fuck are right, you like, doing? what are you doing? And then there's, a like, a random passerby. Walks by, sees him, and starts running away, shoots that guy, yeah. too. This movie does a lot of things with, like, random, like, passerbys that, like, see something and then, like, don't do anything about it. And I think what it's trying to do is saying, like, hey, if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, Superman is not going to come save you. Yeah. Like, this is the real world. <laughs> and if you see, like, a mob boss doing a crime, they're going to kill you. <laughs> so get like, the fuck out of You're there. shit out of luck. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. You know yeah. what I mean? What I thought was funny about that scene was you would need to have bought the same exact stuff as Kick-Ass. Which, because apparently he just bought just online anyway. Sure, because so. Kick-Ass bought that stuff online. He was dressed exactly he just, the he same He looks way. exactly like Kick-Ass. For a second, I'm like, is that Kick-Ass? Like, I bought into it, you know? Yeah. And then Mark Strong just beats the shit out of him, shoots him. Yeah. His bodyguard takes him back to the car. They drive away. And then we cut to a scene of um, Katie crying. And she's like, oh, I can't believe he's dead. And you're led to believe that, like, Kick-Ass died still. No, like, I she's saw talking on the about... news it said, like, Kick-Ass impersonated Oh, you don't see that till later. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, shit. Because yeah. it cuts to her crying because she's crying about the gangster dude getting killed because she, she thinks that Kick-Ass might have killed him because of her request. And then Dave's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Guys like Razul get caught up in shit like that. Gotcha, Remember gotcha. That? And then they have another, like, yeah. gay best friend moment. Right. <laughs> so then they come back to the bad guy, and then he sees on the news it's just an impersonator. And he gets pissed. He gets pissed off to where his son comes up. And this is the thing. His son wants to be, to be part of, like, his father's life. Yeah. Because that's what sons do or whatever. That's what kids do. Right. McLovin is like, I know how to get this guy if you want to get him. But I'm going to need this stuff. And he gives him, like... Yeah, and you might have to, like, screw over one of your guys. Yeah. So he gives him, like, this list of, like, things to, like, buy, basically. Damn, I'm screwed over Tony. Because they're like, you might have to screw someone over, like, Louie. And they're like, whoa, 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 Louie's cool. He's like, all right, all right. And then his, um, like, right-hand man's like, what about Tony? And he's like, Tony? Yeah, they're he's like, like, yeah, Tony. Sucks. I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah, a yeah. scumbag. And then right. you see on the news that, like, someone named, like, Tony Romito was arrested. The whole point is McLovin gives him a list of things to buy in order to turn him into a superhero. Yeah. To compete, basically, against, like, Kick-Ass. So he becomes the Red Mist, calls himself. Who looks way cooler than Kick-Ass does. Well, the wig is fucking ridiculous. But, like, he looks more like a superhero. Sure. He's so got he's the got, cape. He's got, like, a cape. He's got this outfit. He's got this wig that's, like, black and red. He looks like real-life James Wan. I don't know if you've ever seen him. <laughs> James Wan has, like, a red, like, dye in his hair, and he looks like... James Wan, the, the director? Whole, yeah, James Wan, the director of Aquaman. And uh, some... Insidious? Insidious, yeah. 
In real life, he's got, like, this red hair or whatever. So he's got this, like, ridiculously long wig. And he's got this, like, red Mustang that he's driving yeah. around. Which is great because at the time, I had that same car. And, like, I was, like, <laughs> I I very much knew all the aftermarket parts. So, like, so I like, recognized all of yeah. it. I'm like, I know that car. I know those parts. I know that stupid, like, wing door kit yeah. that he put and on. He's like, and he's on the news because he, he took the credit for arresting his dad's, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Henchman. Tony, the guy. Yeah, there, like, Tony, the, the scumbag. Guy. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, one of America's most wanted, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sure, like, they probably all are. Yeah. So, Red Mist is on the news. He's all cool. They're all talking about him in the comic book shop. And yeah. Dave starts getting a little jealous. Yeah, because he's, like, hanging out with his girlfriend. Not his girlfriend, sorry. The, the girl. Yeah, and she's like, oh, he's kind of cute. Right. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, well, you know, kick ass or whatever. He's pretty cool, too. And so, Red Mist... McLovin, uh, sends him a message on his website, right? By the way, this message showed up red on MySpace, which is not possible. I remember that when I first watched the movie. I'm like, that's not a thing. I'm impressed because I don't remember how MySpace worked. (laughs) So good for you. Yeah, so he meets up with Red Mist. Red Mist takes him on, like, a mission. It was all supposed to be a, uh, like, a ruse or whatever. Yeah, it was supposed to be a setup to basically capture kick-ass. Exactly. So they end yeah. up at back at their, like, hideaway. The, but it's on fire. Yeah, the lumber mill. The, right, the lumber that mill. That the giant microwave was in. And they didn't expect it to be on fire. Yeah, so they're, they're both, like, well... They're both freaking Red out. Red Mist freaks out and runs in. He's like, there's people in there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, right before this, there's a nice little scene of them just in the car, chilling and... He's showing him all the stuff in the Mistmobile, and they start listening to uh, that song "Crazy." Oh, by um, what, what are they called? Crazy. Yeah, they're listening to that, and they're that just one, both yeah. kind of just dancing to it. It's, it was, I don't know, it was like a nice little, almost like a bonding moment. Between yeah, them. no, I mean, as far as like this film goes, there's so many great moments in it. Yeah, so that's happening, and then they get to the lumber mill. It's on fire. Red Mist freaks out and like runs over there, and Kickass is like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "There's people in there." Kickass yeah. still doesn't know that this was supposed to be a setup for him. So no, Kickass right. runs no, in there an too. Idiot. He has no idea. Also, never run into a burning building. Oh no, that's a terrible idea. Like they could have both died. Well, yeah, they run in there for like a million and reasons. The whole building's like collapsing yeah. on them and stuff, and they're running around. They see the dead bot. They see dead bodies in there. The dead bodies of the people that were supposed to capture Kickass. Because while they were on the way there, Red Mist sent them a text, and they were like ready for him to arrive. Right. And then that was the last we saw of them until this scene. They see the dead bodies. Red Mist sees a teddy bear on the shelf. He yeah. grabs that. That'll become important soon. Yeah. They're running from. Uh, they're running out of the building, and then it kind of goes like, like the last little explosion. Oh, thank from the you. Fire. Yeah. <laughs> your, so your notes are a mess. My notes are terrible. So they run out of the building, and I feel like they squeezed in a cool running away from like a burning like and they, an explosion. They did. Like they're both running. And they're, <sighs> yeah, and they have the explosion, which yeah. are like. Obviously, it's, it's a I know exactly what you were talking to, about. Yeah, saw thank that, you but. so much. The bad guys all assume this is all Kick-Ass, which I think is hilarious because it makes Kick-Ass like a sort of Mr. Magoo or like a Inspector Gadget, you know, or like... <laughs> he's a he bumbling had, oaf. He's a bumbling idiot. He has no idea what he's doing, but he accidentally keeps on like failing upwards you know in this case it's not a good thing for him at all though no because he keeps on getting more and more in trouble with like these gangsters or whatever and he hasn't done anything to them right he's not responsible for any of this so like you were saying red mist takes the teddy bear the teddy bear is a teddy cam 
they plug it in and they find out that it was Big Daddy. Because Big Daddy is like the Batman, right? So, yeah. like, he goes in. Honestly, like, that scene might be one of the better comic book superhero scenes of all time. It's pretty bad. It's amazing. He's going in, he's killing guys. It, I mean, uh, to me, like, as far as like. It's almost like again, Punisher esque. Yeah, and he's like a Batman character right. type guy, right? So, like, to me, that scene rivals the warehouse scene in Batman versus Superman. Oh, I'd agree. You know, it, it is just some of the best Batman esque stuff on film. Like, yeah. he goes in, he's, he's beating people up. He starts shooting them. He's shooting. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's using a gun because he's right. not literally he's Batman. He's not actually Batman. If Batman was the Punisher. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, no, the whole scene is awesome. The only thing is, like, he knocks out all the cameras, but he, he doesn't realize that there's a Teddy cam. Which used to be apparently one. a nanny cam right, for right. Red Mist when he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Red Mist sees that and he sees this is the guy we're actually after. Kickass is not the guy. Kickass is an idiot. No, basically. And to Red Mist's credit, he's actually trying to like be like, leave Kickass alone. He's no, just no, no. A he's kid. right. He's smart. Like he's yeah. like Kickass is dumb. Like he's not responsible for any of this. This is the guy we want. Yeah. Which makes sense because it's like this Batman yeah, character. He's like, so Kickass he's, is just a nerdy kid. That's literally yeah, what he said. Like Big Daddy is flying under the radar. Right. Oh, uh, my favorite part from that is that when they plug in the nanny cam, both plugs go right into the Teddy's asshole. Oh, yeah. Like, right in the butt. <laughs> and, like, I, I just thought that was funny. Another thing I noticed is when they plug in the camera and it pops detail. up on the TV, you see all the same videos. You see some videos of, like, a woman in a shower. Oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah. And it said, like, nanny cam one and so- something like that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but um, after they find out that it was Big Daddy, obviously they have a new target now. Uh, Marcus calls Big Daddy, lets him know. He's yeah. like, hey, they're looking for you now. Right. Uh, so Big Daddy's aware. The next kind of big scene, Kick-Ass goes to see Katie, right? As Kick-Ass. Because he's, I guess he's tired of the whole, like, gay best friend yeah, thing. Yeah, he's feeling super confident now. Right. So completely dressed up as Kick-Ass, shows up at her house, goes in through the window. She's, like, listening to music or something, so she doesn't know yeah. that he's no, there. No, she's blow-drying her hair. Oh, blow-drying her hair, right, right, And right, he's, right. like, talking, and you can't hear him at all. Yeah. And he does so, like a little pose. He's like, hi, I'm Kick-Ass. Right. He's doing his little poses or whatever. And then by the time Katie realizes he's there. <laughs> she sprays him with like hairspray in the face or something. Yeah. And he totally gets beat up by Katie. Yeah. It's, it just it goes to show like how terrible <laughs> of a superhero he's like he is. He's screaming in pain. Yeah. And she starts beating him up. She grabs a baseball bat. He's like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> so he takes his mask off. He's like, it's me or whatever. And she's like, what the fuck are you like, doing? Why are you dressed up as Kick-Ass? Right. And he because I am Kick-Ass. And I'm also not also, gay. Also, I'm not gay, right? And then she's like, what the fuck? And that's the part where I'm like, eh, because immediately after, he just like kisses her. Yeah, they start making out, and then he like, and grabs her tits. And he immediately goes for the tits. And I'm like, this isn't how this would go in real life, first of all, but okay. 2010. Oh, and when he snuck into her room, that's when he said the inner monologue of, like, what's the difference between Spider-Man and Peter Parker? Spider-Man gets the girl. Right, right, right. And, and then, then he happens, yeah. totally made a fool of himself. Right. Which Spider-Man <laughs> would not have done, by the no, way. No, Spider-Man's a lot smoother than that. <laughs> he is the worst. All right, so at this point, Katie already knows that he's kick-ass, and they're yeah. boyfriend and girlfriend. They, they start hooking up, and then, like, that's all going on. You know, his life's good. He's He mentions how he hasn't looked at his kick-ass account in, like, weeks. Right, because how dedicated is he, really, that he gets a girlfriend, he's like, fuck kick-ass. I'm sure after, I just the, fu- be with I'm the, sure girl, after the fire you know? and seeing all the dead bodies, he's kind of done with that. No, for sure. 
I think this next scene is actually where Marcus contacts Big Daddy. He's like, hey, they're looking for you now. They're not looking for kick-ass anymore. Nice. I guess some camera saw you, which was the teddy cam. Yeah. And then um, we have a scene with, like, Big Daddy and Hit Girl. They're, like, they're having, like, a little father-daughter moment. Uh, Hit Girl sees something online that costs $300,000. They don't Hilarious. tell us what it is, but he's like, are you sure you want that? And he looks at it and he's like, ooh, that is cool. Add the shopping cart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, no, but also Red Mist tricks Kick-Ass yes. into contacting yes. Big Daddy and And that's girl. when uh, he eventually opens up his MySpace page and sees yeah. all the messages from Red Mist. He's like, dude, contact me, emergency, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So he contacts them. They get together. Uh, meanwhile, Big Daddy, they're in their hideout, and they're having hot chocolate. And I love this scene because it is so With extra Batman. marshmallows. Yeah. It is so Batman 66 when they get the, like, hit from Kick-Ass, like, oh, we need to meet up. Oh, the hint was, like, him putting his website, like, on vacation. Right, right, right. So get, they get the signal, and yeah. Big Daddy's like, oh, we need to go. No, we'll, we'll have, have our hot, hot chocolate, chocolate when we get, get back. back. And that is so Adam West Batman because they would do, like, stupid mundane things like that and then be like, there's no time for this. We need to, like, fight crime now. <laughs> So they he tell he gives them the address of where to meet. Uh, Red Mist tells Kickass like, "Hey, like these gangsters want both of us dead. There's a big problem. Do you know any other superheroes that we that can like help us out?" Yeah, and that's where Kickass sends the message. Right. And then so Red Mist and Kickass arrive at Big Daddy and Hit Girl's hideout. Yeah, and then this is where kind of where the third act starts. I feel like they get to the hideout. I guess they were only expecting Kickass because he opens the door. He's like, "Oh, ask Kick." And he's like, and, oh, yeah. and, and he looks and goes, and Red Mist. And he like kind of hesitates for a second like he's not oh, that's right. they show up. quite trusting. And that's when he's and extra he's like, being Adam West. Yeah, I lo- and he's I like, all right, it. come on in. He introduces himself. And the it's like, Hit talks, Girl, yeah. introduce yourself. Hit Girl, like, it's like, hi, I'm Hit Girl. Then Red Mist pulls out a gun and shoots her like five times. Yeah. And she falls out. She, she falls, falls out, out the window. window. Yeah. Big Daddy's like screaming. No, this whole like this grand betrayal just happened. Right. And, and then, then um, all the like the other guys show all up. All the other guys show up. Right. Um, Red Mist again to his credit tries to like keep Kick Ass out of it. So because it's all of the bad guys, like all the henchmen show up and they take Kick Ass, and Red Mist is like, Red no, Mist is like, like, no, he's like, with me. He's like, fine. Right. McLovin's like, he's not responsible. Yeah. Like, and he's and nobody. The, the response he gets is, "Your dad's running the show now. Like we're gonna right. take it to him now." So they take everybody, they leave. They take them to their hideout. They're tied up to a couple chairs. It's Big Daddy and yep. Kick-Ass. And, then, and they're going to torture them on live TV, yeah. basically. And right before all this, um, Kick-Ass contacted Katie. And he's like, I just need to do one more Kick-Ass thing. So she's just at her work or whatever. And, and she's she like sees worried about online, him. here's Kick-Ass on like streaming. They're, it's on all the major networks or whatever. And he's about to be like tortured to death. Yeah. We don't know that yet. All they said was um, Kick-Ass is announcing his retirement from crime fighting. And she, so yeah. she's all excited about it. Right. And then, ooh, we get a nasty surprise. <laughs> and the news is broadcasting this. It cuts to a live stream of all of Mark Strong's henchmen. Yeah. And kick ass and big And the guy up. was so fucking annoying. He was doing like almost like Sesame Street shit. He's like, oh, you know, K, sometimes the K in the woods silent, like in Knuckle Duster. Right. And they start like punching the, the shit up. out of yeah, him. Yeah, I'm like, this guy's so fucking annoying right now. But, but that's it worked. The point. It yeah. Worked. He's being, sure. he's being a total dick while they're getting tortured. 
it seems like Kick-Ass and Big Daddy are about to die. Yeah. Like, it's about to, like, light them on fire so and stuff. They're streaming this on the news, and they're, and they're showing Marcus and the cops. And as they're doing this, the cops are, like, going on their computers to, like, watch because the news networks are, like... The news anchor says, um, due to the graphic nature of this, uh, we will not be showing the rest of the video, which is currently being live-streamed on the internet. Right. Everybody <laughs> runs to their computers to, like, keep watching this. Right. Uh, including all of Kick-Ass's friends. Yeah. Which, um, they don't know he's Kick-Ass. No, they don't. No. Right. They're, they're just watching whatever. But I thought it was funny that they show all the cops running to the computers instead of like find the guy like your cops like well, I think like most, do most of the cops are kind of corrupt in this movie I, I guess right um, so they all run to their computer yeah. like oh let's all watch happening. this like, it's looking very grim for them you get a little yeah. inner monologue from Kickass where he's like you know I'm never gonna see what me and Katie's kids would look like and this is the Lost reference I'm never gonna find out what what's gonna happen on Lost oh is that one? <laughs> yeah and then they do like a funny little thing where it's like and if you think I survived this because I'm telling you all this right now quit being a smart ass yeah. And then because, he references like other movies where yeah. like the narrator's uh, already he references dead. And Sin stuff. City, which is on yeah. the list too. Haven't you ever seen Sin City? Or, right. Yeah. After they're done like torturing them, they start pouring gasoline all over them. They're about to just like light them on fire. And then the guy holding the lighter suddenly gets shot in the head. Yeah. And it turns out Hit Girl's yeah. there. Enter She's Hit doing Girl. Her thing. Right. We get a cool little like first person scene of her wearing like night vision goggles and yeah. killing everyone. A first-person movie wouldn't necessarily work. No. But this is probably the best way of doing it. it where they it keep on... Yeah. One scene, and it... There's smoke everywhere, and it's dark. It was dark. and But she's wearing night vision goggles. Yeah. And so they keep on cutting to her in her first-person view, where she can see everyone yeah. she's fighting. And then they cut to, like, um, like complete darkness, and then, like, people, right. like, freaking out. Right. Until the guys eventually light the, all the gasoline that was surrounding... Big Daddy and Kick-Ass, so right. they can see. So Unfortunately, they, this means Big Daddy's now on fire. Yeah, they light Big Daddy on fire, which is at the point where Nick Cage goes, full Nick Cage! Yes, he is which I was, screaming. He's screaming, like, random words. He, he's what screaming, he's, he's he's screaming instructions to Hit Girl, like, trying to help I her I couldn't out. understand what he was he saying. He says something like, he goes, Switch to Kryptonite! <laughs> What does and that mean? I, I guess it was like a code that they had because she knew what he was talking about and then she switched like a strobe light and started blinding everyone. Oh my God, this movie is so, so smart to do have done that because while as I'm watching it, I'm like, he's just going full no, Nick Cage. It's, it sounds like he's shouting nonsense, but he's actually like shouting instructions to Hit Girl. The movie worked in full yeah. Nick Cage into its plot. Yeah. His screaming is absolutely over the top though. <laughs> but yeah. like Hit Girl's following his instructions and it's working and then she eventually yeah. kills everyone, puts the fire out on Big Daddy unfortunately not soon enough to save him. No, he dies. He dies from yeah. his wounds, obviously, but not before he uh, has a few words with her. She mentions how uh, getting shot hurt a lot more than when he did it, and then it's kind of hard to understand him because his mouth's all burnt, but he says, yeah. um, he says, that's because I use low-velocity rounds, child. Right. And he goes, Because uh, 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 he's uh. on fire, yeah. yeah. I thought that was kind of cute. It, it was <laughs> cute, and those were yeah. his last words to her. Yeah. And it wasn't like dramatic last words, it was literally just him loving his daughter yeah so i've written down here one of my favorite lines of the movie that is said by kick-ass in his voiceover he says with no power comes no responsibility except that wasn't true yeah so that's obviously referring to spider-man whose like mantra is with great power comes great responsibility as in if you are a super-powered human then you have a responsibility to use that for good 
Right. Right. And so he's saying kind of the inverse. He's saying with no power comes no responsibility. And he goes, but that's Except not true. Except that's not true. He feels, res- after all this happens, he feels responsible for Hit Girl. Which he kind of is, because she mentions how, like, if it wasn't for you, my dad would still be alive. Right. Because it was after totally kick-ass as fault. No, no, right. He He's fucked totally, up. He, he fucked everything he fucked over, real yeah. Bad. So my favorite thing about that line, with no power comes no responsibility, except that wasn't true. Is that what he's saying is the inverse of Spider-Man. Like, if you're not Spider-Man, like, if you have no powers, then you're off the hook. You're not a superhero. You don't have to do anything about evil. And what he's saying is that's not true. Like, even if you're a nobody, in the face of evil, you need to do something. You need to stand up to it. You need to stand up and you need to do something about it. Like, that's what makes a hero a hero. Not that, like, oh, like, you're Superman or you're Spider-Man. Like, you've got these powers. Therefore, it's easy for you. What he's saying is... Anybody needs to be able to do anything. Right. You need to do everything that you're able to do. And in this movie... Everything within your power. Right. And in this movie, he's a big old idiot. And he has no special abilities at all. But at the very least, he's trying his best. And I think that's kind of the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. So He's he's putting forth the effort. He's persistent. He gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of all it takes, right? Like, give a shit, do something. And they go back to the hideout. Hit Girl looks at the hot chocolate. She's all sad. Oh, yeah, the hot chocolate that they were going to save for later. Yep. Yeah. Kick-Ass is in the bathroom cleaning himself. He looks at his face. He sees how fucked up he is. And something, like, kind of, like, comes over him, I guess. So he comes out, talks to Hit Girl a little bit. They agree that they're going to finish this. Yeah. And then Hit Girl says, all right, well, we just got this package here. Read up on the instruction manual because you're about to use this in about five minutes. Yeah. We still don't know what this don't object know what is. is. And this is where the movie kind of falls apart for me a little bit, and we'll get to it, but I feel as if the whole point of this movie is that it should take place in the real world. This is where it becomes a little bit... Fantastic. Too comic booky. Yeah. It is a fun third act. Though. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Don't get me wrong, the movie's good. I just feel the whole point of the movie is, what if superheroes existed in the real world, and then it abandons the real world into like this heightened <laughs> reality? You know what I mean? So like. Yeah. What we get is Hit Girl attacks their base. She kind of infiltrates it. She pretends to be a little girl. They're like, oh, of course we're going to let her in. she's 11. Let's not forget. (laughs) And the actress is 11, too. There's literally this 11-year-old girl that's like, I lost my mommy and daddy. Like, I need help. And they're like, oh, we'll help you out. And then she pulls out a fucking gun. Right. She starts shooting everybody. Then she changes into her Hit Girl outfit with her mask and her wig or whatever. And then she goes and upstairs. She keeps on shooting other guys. It's awesome. Like, Western music is playing. Yeah. No. No. The, the scene is amazing. The third act is great. It's such good action. My point is that there's a scene where she's shooting a bunch of guys and then she reloads her pistols by throwing her cartridges in the air <laughs> yeah. and catching them with her gun. This is the point where it gets like almost a little like, too stylized. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels a lot like Wanted or Kingsman. And that's appropriate because Wanted and Kingsman are written by the same author. As and Kingsman was directed by the same director. Exactly. But those properties are based in that heightened reality, right? So right. Wanted, the whole premise of Wanted is that like there's like a secret society of people people of assassins that can like do things like curve bullets they shoot a gun but they can shoot a gun in a certain way in which the bullet will curve which is impossible like you cannot do that that's not a thing that happens right and that's one of the reasons i kind of didn't like that 
However, that's kind of the premise of right. that story. And so that doesn't take place in the real world, right? No. And then Kingsman is also another one where it's, it's like, like... these super spies. Here's these basically. super spies have been around for a long time, and they can do things like jump off a car and land on the other side of the car. Which is also blah, a really blah, blah, fun series, and, by the way, so you, no, you should watch Kingsman. It's is also good, and I like those movies. However, in those movies, it's not a very realistic world either, no, right? It's it's its own the world. The whole point of Kick-Ass is, what if normal people in the real world try to be superheroes right and then it gets a little kind of like fantastic at the end and that's why i'm like well that kind of doesn't work you know what yeah. i mean like the whole point is to be realistic then be realistic i get what you're saying i would have done better without that because she reminded me a little bit of like an ethan hunt in mission impossible where the whole point of that character is he's a super spy but He's also like a super spy set in the real world. He gets a shit beat out of him all the time. Right. He's not like a superhero. He's not like a James Bond type. He's a type that like can speak three languages and can infiltrate different countries and governments. And he's got all these skills that you could reasonably learn on your own. You know what I mean? Or like training. And so I feel like that's the route they should have gone with her instead of her being able to like throw two cartridges in the air. And, like, they could have made them. it a little more like gritty and less stylized too. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that would have worked better towards the premise of this whole story. But anyway. Well, we're uh, about to get to something that's even more fantastical than that. And, exactly. There's two <laughs> things that kind of break that for me. And it's that plus. So she uh, shoots a bunch of people. Yep. She ends up getting pissed. The scene down. is great. Don't get me wrong. It's filmed very well. The action's super oh, great. It's, it's a joy to watch yeah so she yeah. shoots a bunch of people she she kills kind of like their front line their second line she <laughs> hides in his personal kitchen in frank d'amico's personal kitchen and then she's kind of like corner or whatever and that's when we get the bazooka scene i love this scene which, because which they stole from big daddy's hideout yeah so uh when they kidnap them or whatever they one of the bodyguards takes a bazooka from big daddy he's like oh he's like, one of these. right and then <laughs> There's a scene where basically everyone's dying. All the henchmen are dying. Higuro's yep. killing all of them. And the last bodyguard, the personal bodyguard to Frank D'Amico and <laughs> McLovin. Like, everything's under control. He Right. He walks and he's like, it's all fine. Everything's under control. And he slowly kind of scoots over, grabs a bazooka, and then uh, and walks and back out. this is like, under control. You're grabbing a fucking bazooka. <laughs> the bodyguard looks at uh, Frank D'Amico and he just goes, sir. And then he's like, it's fine. Thanks. <laughs> he just walks out with the bazooka. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So he goes and is about to shoot Hit Girl, Hit girl with a bazooka. With a bazooka. And that's when Kick-Ass shows up. And we and find out what yeah. the thing was. Which, it's, to be fair, they did kind of set this up earlier in the movie. But, but it, it's a... It's a fucking jetpack. It's a jetpack, With yeah. Gatling guns on it. It's a jetpack that they installed Gatling guns yes, on, Yes, Big too. Daddy installed Gatling guns on this So jetpack. he is... They're in, like, a high-rise skyscraper or yeah. whatever. And he's on the outside in a jetpack. And he throws down the Gatling guns and he starts shooting everybody. He saves the day, shoots everybody or whatever. But he's I'm just like, screaming, ah, motherfucker! Right. <laughs> but again, it kind of breaks the realism for it me because... 100% That's ridiculous. And I'm pretty sure... Jet Jetpacks, as popular as they are in different media, they're not real. Like we not have, to that extent. Exactly. Like we don't have real jetpacks. We have jetpacks that we can hover around in a little bit, but not fly around. And also, if you were to attach two Gatling guns to a jetpack, it would definitely throw off that equilibrium instantly. Oh, he wouldn't be down. hovering there. He'd be flying. He'd all be over flailing the- all over the place like a pop balloon. You know but, what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's to me. That's the one thing where I was like, this is a little ridiculous. But yeah. I still forgive it. No, I'll forgive it. It kind of breaks the whole premise of the film, I think. Something changed. Yeah. 
Uh, it's those two things for me, but it is badass, and the scene is great. And so Kickass shows up, and he's fighting McLovin as oh, yeah, Red Mist. They both charge into the room, and it's and here, yeah, it's hilarious so, because this eleven-year-old girl goes for the main bad guy. So the main bad guy, right? So Frank D'Amico, Mark Strong, is fighting Hit Girl in her cut with Red Mist fighting Kickass. Right. And I think there's a missed opportunity here because what they should have done is shown Hit Girl, who's like this very capable fighter fighting like the boss or whatever. Right. And they should have intercut that with Red Mist and Kickass having no idea what they're doing, like in a dumb fight. Right. They Instead, sort of, they kind of do like a real fight. Yeah. They yeah, actually right. start like beating the shit out of each other. And they sort of still do it. Like they're not really fighting and they're really no, bad they're at not fighting. fighting but and I think what's hilarious is that they're juxtaposed against a dojo, which is where Frank D'Amico's been training. Yeah. And they're both idiots. Like, kind of wailing at each other. But the way that they film it and the way that they cut it is still in the same... Like, the editor treated that scene as, like, a good fight. Well, I think what they were trying to do is just make this last fight, like, a serious one. But I think it would have been more funny and more... It would have resonated better if they had done, like, pan it out a little bit Mm -hmm. and shown, like, how terrible of a fight they're having. I think that would have been They're basically slapping each other. Yeah. While... Hit girls having a real fight. They're trying to kill each other. Right. They're having a real fight, and you cut to these two just kind of like barely hitting each other and barely landing punches because they're both idiots. Right. But instead, what we get is like, honestly, like just two kind of evenly matched morons. Right. They kind of knock each other out, too. Yeah. And then, meanwhile, Hit Girl's actually kind of getting the shit kicked out of her. Yeah, she's losing. turns out Frank D'Amico's a really good fighter. Well, again, the first and, and thing and he like does is saying, just kick her in, like, the face. Yeah, like I was saying, like, he does train at, like, the yeah. dojo or whatever. But then Kick-Ass shows up. With the bazooka. With the bazooka at the well, last minute. Because him and Red Mist knock each other out. Kick-Ass gets up first, finds the bazooka, because that bodyguard that had the bazooka's obviously dead. Yeah. And then, like, as Hit Girl's, like, about to get killed, basically, which... Funny thing is, what Frank D'Amico says as he's about to kill her is, God, I wish I had a son like you. He kind of shit-talks his own son. Yeah, so he shoots the bazooka, it hits Frank D'Amico, throws him outside. He blows up. And he blows up, yeah, and that's kind of the end of the fight. Yeah, um, then uh, Hit Girl kick and, and Kick-Ass kick leave together. Fly away on the jetpack, land on a rooftop. They have like a little tender like bonding moment. She finally tells him her real name. Yeah. You cut back to Red Mist by himself, basically, on the building. And he has, like, a gun. Now his dad is dead. And I think it's super interesting because I don't think of this as sequel bait. I think of this as really good sequel setup. Mm-hmm. Because, I and I haven't seen the sequel. Right. But Red Mist, at the time of this movie, is just kind of like this kid. And he kind of wants to be part of this crime family. But also, he still has this kind of fairness about him so like he sees like Kickass is innocent we shouldn't be torturing him or right. whatever but at this point Kickass is sort of responsible not sort of he shot his he killed his dad with the yeah. bazooka so rocket. obviously he has like a changed view of the world now exactly now they've created their own super villain and at the end of the which movie which they do mention kind of like sort of yeah he's like so, oh, a world full of superheroes huh as a great man once said wait till they, wait get, a they get a load of me which is Jack Nicholson's Joker in yep. Batman 89 which is a movie we're doing pretty soon which also, up. like, that reference suits his character, too, because his character is also a comic book nerd. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's the Easter it, eggs in this movie are very so clever. good because in universe he would have seen Jack Nicholson as the Joker, and so that's a great line. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, I know this yeah. from somewhere, and I can't exactly place where from. And then, like in sort of like an epilogue type thing, you talk about how um, Mindy's now going to the same school as Kickass. Marcus is her guardian again. Yeah. Kickass has a girlfriend now. The girl, right? Yeah, well, Katie. Yeah, yeah they're still, they're still like, dating. Okay, yeah. cool, cool, cool. And you know, things are basically like normal again, right? Until the sequel hits, obviously. Yeah, and we'll get to the sequel next week. But that's kind of the movie overall. I really like this movie. I love this movie. Honestly, it was awesome. This and is, yeah, again, for two ninety nine or whatever it costs, like go rent it, go buy it, go watch this movie. So we were talking about the book, as in the comic books, written by Mark Millar. Mark Millar is known for a bunch of stuff. Marvel Knights Spider-Man, Ultimate Fantastic Four, Civil War. Yeah, like yeah, he the wrote Marvel the Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah. yeah. Kingsman, Wanted. Chrononauts. Chrononauts. Superior. Not I've heard of. Uh, su- wait, Superior is something I've heard of. Superior is, is a good one. I don't know anything about that. But, uh, and this. And so he has a couple of movies that have been made based, based on, his, on stuff. his properties. So, and, and a couple of which we'll get to. Kingsman. No, not Kingsman. Kingsman's still ongoing. Wanted. Wanted is done. So that's on our list. And then directed by... Matthew Vaughn? Matthew Vaughn. Who I Once really love as a director. He did uh, X-Men First Class. He did the X-Men First which Class. Which is one of yeah. my favorite X-Men movies, actually. It's one of the better ones, yeah. It's not my favorite. No, it's not the best one, but it is one of the best ones. So he had something to do with Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, which are both movies by uh, Guy Ritchie, but then directed Layer Cake. I saw it not that long ago. It's pretty good. My friend he made me watch it. directed Stardust. I love Stardust. Stardust. Which I love that movie. Yes. Yeah. Starring uh, Daredevil. Yeah. Matthew Cox. <laughs> And then Kick-Ass... Charlie Cox. Charlie Cox. Oh, damn it. Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class, and then went on to do Kingsman, both Kingsman movies. And the prequel coming out next year. And the next one, yeah, which are all Mark Millar properties. This is the guy that a lot of people say should do the next Superman movies. I think he'd do it. And I think... And I see why. He has a lot of respect for the source material. He understands source material right he understands like the comic book source material and what would make it a good movie and a lot of people can't do that a lot of people can't see like how to translate something from the book to film and i think matthew vaughn is one who definitely can do it and i see where like a lot of people will criticize him because the last kingston movie wasn't that great i saw that movie and i thought it was just fine Right. It wasn't, like, bad by any means, but the first one no. was definitely But if you see X-Men better. First Class, you, you get how, like, this man understands X-Men. Yes, absolutely. And he says, well, let's do something, you know, set in the 60s or whatever. And he does a good job even making that movie kind of a period piece, too. Yeah, and I think that might have set the later X-Men movies on a bad course, because then they try to make movies set in the 80s and then in the 90s, and then... Yeah. And it kind of, like, falls apart. The 80s one was fine. Actually, Days of Future ooh. Past was good. Days of Future... Oh, that was in Apocalypse, the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, Apocalypse yeah. takes place in the 80s. And okay, the, the 80s one was... The 90s. Apocalypse is okay. It I have not seen Dark Phoenix. No, right, so. right. Me neither. And that's on our list. So this movie, budget of $30 million. Apparently, Matthew Vaughn had to, like, kind of go and get a lot of this money on his own. Oh, I think he, uh, he was on record as saying, like, this was the most expensive indie film he's ever made. Yeah. 
This was basically an indie film. Right. And it's fairly low budget at $30 million. You don't get that at all. No studio wanted to touch this. This movie looks like a big budget film. It does. It honestly looks great. It sounds great. Like, you would never think it's a low budget movie. He had to go and kind of like scrape a lot of money on his own. Yeah. Gross $96 million. Pretty good return. No, this movie was a success. Yeah, especially for a rated R movie. I think this movie would do better if it came out today instead of like 10 years ago. And the reason is because... because Deadpool and all that? No. I think it's because the whole premise of this movie, which you've said a bunch of times, is that it's about comic book heroes, right? So it's kind of a deconstruction on the comic book hero. And it works best if you've gotten a lot of these like comic book movies. And so I think at the time... So this coming out after the MCU's like peaked would be almost perfect. Yes. So I think at 2010... They thought, well, we're currently living in the height of comic book movies, but they were wrong. Yeah, right? they were like, oh man, they Iron did, Man came out; it was a hit. I think it's because the Dark Knight had come out two years. Dark before. Knight came out, and Dark Knight was, was a big, big the, deal. One of the highest grossing right? comic book movies yeah, ever. Exactly. So they thought now is kind of a good time to adapt this. And I think that's what Matthew Vaughn was thinking when he approached Mark Millar and made this movie. But this movie works for young adults, right? Because it's a rated R flick, right? right? At the time, who are comic book fans, right? And I think that niche of people is not that big. Whereas if you were to do something like this today... Oh, uh, the the amount of people that would appreciate it is much It's higher. much larger because you've got kids that watch the MCU as kids are now in their 20s. Right. Right? Because the MCU has been going for 12 years. So a kid who saw Iron Man in 2008 at 10 years old is now 22 years old. Holy so, shit. Yeah, no, no, no. Right. First of all, let's feel old for a second. But also... <laughs> Imagine, though, that kind of audience, because the audience that they were looking for at the time is not what would exist right now. Oh, no, no. You know what I'm saying? And I think this movie would do particularly a lot better released in a post-MCU world than it Mm -hmm. would at the time. At 2010, it came out the same year as Iron Man 2. So the the MCU is basically not established at the time. No, it was... It was just we Iron had Man. Iron Man come out and people were like, "This is and great." Hulk. Incredible Hulk came out. People were like, "This was Fine. better than the last Hulk." Exactly, and it wasn't a connected universe yet. Sort of was, but like people weren't really expecting too much yet. Only the nerds knew that it was a connected universe. Right. Most people right. wouldn't have known well, that. Right. This was also before people stayed till the end of the credits. Exactly. So I think this was a great idea, but had this come out today instead of ten years ago, I think it would do a lot better. And even then, though, like for the time, it still did yeah. great. Uh, we'll talk more about this next week about Kick-Ass 2 and why that didn't and, do so well. And why but I think, that series never continued. Right. I don't think it's out of the question to do a Kick-Ass 3. I think now, especially, it's kind of the time to do a deconstruction on a comic book property. Yeah. You know what it's I'm just, saying? I unfortunately don't think it's going to happen. No, it's not going to And happen. we're going to talk about it next week, but there's a lot of things behind yeah. the scenes. There's a lot too. of things that happen, right. Sure. The other thing I think this movie does really well, there's a lot of, like, father-son stuff. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, yeah, between Kick-Ass and his dad, because his dad was all he had. So, there's three to four, depending on how you want to slice it, examples of, like, a father-child relationship in this movie. And I don't think it's... It's obviously not by coincidence. So, there's Kick-Ass... Right, yeah, it's a theme. There's (laughs) Kick-Ass and his dad. At the beginning of the movie, he explains how, like, Ever since his mom died, not much else changed. And they show that because Kick-Ass is Dave. 
is sitting at like the like breakfast table with his mom and dad. His mom has an aneurysm, and then they transition into a scene several months later. That's exactly the same. Yep. Right. The only difference is that the mom isn't there yeah, because it's just his me dad's, and my dad. Life goes on. Yeah, because his dad's like not super involved. Right. Right. There's them. There's McLovin and Frank D'Amico, Mark Strong. I right? love that we keep calling him McLovin. There's like what the fuck else we're we gonna call him? Like Christopher <laughs> Mince, Mince P- Plaza. No, Plaza. It's McLovin. How, how do you pronounce his? If name? I say Mc McLovin, everybody knows who I'm talking about. I hope so. Well, so it's McLovin. Or we're so, just going to sound McLovin really fucking and, old and yeah, no one's going to get it. Seriously. McLovin and his dad, Mark Strong. And then there's Mindy and her dad, right? Yeah. And I said three to four because you can also kind of consider Mindy and Mindy Marcus. And Marcus. Because right. you, can, you can tell just from this movie that he does care about her a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they explain in what we were talking about in the comic book. In that animation that Marcus had custody of Mindy, hit girl, for the for her first five years. And then yeah. Big Daddy comes, gets out of jail, gets custody of Mindy, obviously dies at the end of the movie, and then Marcus resumes custody. Resumes custody right? of Mindy, yeah. And so I think there's... The movie goes out of its way to kind of examine these parental influences on these kids mm-hmm. at, like, critical points in their lives, right? In their upbringings. Right. And I had to think a lot about this because it's, it's not very, like, overt. It's pretty subtle, like, what it's trying to say, I think. But it's I think it's trying to, like, kind of compare, like, the involvement and the parenting skills of, like, all these different dads, <laughs> right? Because in all these situations, the mom is not there. That's very right. True. The mom is dead, or in McLovin's case, the mom is just like not involved at all. She's, She's there, but there, not but really not there. Right. The whole point is to kind of, kind of compare these different father figures and like how they affect the end the, result of like, their, their children. Kid. Exactly. So, like in Kickass's case, the dad is like not involved at all. He's like, just kind of like he's there. Like but, he's like, there. He, you can tell he cares. He just he doesn't really. Yeah, like he cares, but also like Kickass says after the mom dies. Not much changed. No, like so. What is the dad? Their, their really life just kind of stayed the same. It seems like the dad just like goes to work. Right. It seems like he kind of works late because there was a few times where he like dropped in on him. He's like, "Hey, I'm going to work tonight." Honestly, I only noticed two scenes with the dad, and it's that first one that we said where like the mom died or or whatever, and they're sitting at the breakfast table, and then later when he gets first attacked or whatever, he goes, he asks the paramedics not to tell his dad that you know that he's like, wearing a superhero a su- costume. Right, exactly. Yeah. So his dad is what the official report says is that he was found naked and his dad asks him very uncomfortably like were you raped basically yeah but i don't know about you what i got from that scene is that the dad isn't very much concerned about him so much as he's kind of embarrassed that like his son might have gotten raped <laughs> he's like he's like you weren't and he's like oh my god no right like he's very uncomfortable in the yeah. way he says it and maybe I'm reading too much into it it could but also... just be like just an awkward conversation too okay but like movies are an art and right. the artist chooses what to put into it that's true the director chooses what like conversation how somebody says put something into the movie. Yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. and so I feel like the point of that is to show like does a dad really care if he, his son was raped or is he kind of embarrassed at the thought that maybe his son was raped Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's the only other interaction we get. Yeah, there's, from, there's not from too that. much. Like, he, I, just, he just kind of seemed like a basic dad that just works too much. It seems yeah. Like. Yeah. And I feel like what they're doing is that they're saying, hey, here's a dad who's not involved at all. 
maybe mm-hmm. doesn't care that hands-on. Maybe his intentions are really good, but he's not super hands-on mm-hmm. with his son. And look what happened. Like, his son, like, resorted to, like, crime fighting and being a vigilante, you know <laughs> Becoming what I'm a psycho. Right. Meanwhile, we get Mindy and Nick Cage, Ooh. Hit Girl and Big Daddy, and... Big Daddy is... What's the word I'm looking for? Brainwashing his child? Yeah. He's basically brainwashing Mindy into doing his own... And Marcus even kind of says as much directly to him. Marcus, being the only regular parent in this movie, is like... What does he say to him? You owe that kid a childhood. Right. Because... It's fair that an adult like Nick Cage's character, Big Daddy, is obsessed with getting Frank D'Amico. Right. Because he's, he's justified he him in him wanting to do that. Yeah, and he's What's looking for vengeance because justified he's a bad man. is turning your child into a tool for that vengeance. Exactly. Because the child doesn't require the same vengeance no, as the you The child do. is innocent in this. The child is innocent, exactly. But he kind of brainwashes her into being like this like killing machine. Right? Yeah. So what is what are the ethics of that? You oh, know what I'm saying? Like, here's a pa- good. But here's a parent who's overly involved and is incredibly caring, but for all the wrong yes. reasons. And then you yeah. compare that to McLovin in, in The Bad Guy. Dirt. Who doesn't seem to really want anything to do with this kid. He who doesn't is really evil. take him seriously. Yeah, he's evil and is kind of in the middle of like being involved. He allows McLovin to yeah. kind of become... He, he, eventually he humors him. He humors and his he son. cares about him. And However, he, he is evil. Him. But he does turn his son into the supervillain of the next movie. Yeah. I imagine. So I, there's, I think there's a lot going on here about like this father-son relationship. Kick-Ass's dad, especially, like, being a non-involved parent is just as bad as, like, being a bad parent. Yeah. Because you may love your son, but if you're not involved, how is that different than being a bad parent who's not involved because he hates his son? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, what does that do to, like, your kid? Meanwhile, like, what does it do to your kid if you're Big Daddy? Nicholas Cage. Well, you're over-involved. You're over-involved for all the wrong reasons, and you're turning your kid into, like, a psychopath. Yep. You know what I mean? I think it's super subtle because there's no, like, answer. The movie's not clear. No, there's like, no correct answer. Yeah, for exactly. It. I think what it's pushing is, like, be smart. You know? Like, be smart in how you raise your kid. Because you do have influence over Obviously, it. Whether like, you know it or yeah, not. Because all three of these situations, like, all three kids are heavily influenced by their father's either, like, involvement or lack of involvement in their lives. And I would argue that none of them are in a good place psychologically. No. The only normal father figure is Marcus. Yep. He's the only one who's like, this is wrong. And, and he kind of got boxed out of Mindy's life a little bit. Right. Because they're like hetero co-dads. You right, know what I mean? Right. Which I thought was super cool. Like, these are two, like, friends that, like, kind two of, like, best raised friends. this yeah. girl together or whatever. But, like, obviously, like, Big Daddy kind of took over with yeah. like that. And what I was saying earlier about, like, the realism, that kind of, like, broke the movie for me. Uh, I love this movie. I thought it was so much fun to watch again. But I would have rather it live in a more realistic kind of universe. Okay. Because that's the premise of the movie, right? It's superheroes in real life. So you'd say the flaws are when it started getting a bit fantastic. Yeah. I thought that's fine. I'd agree with that. That's a fair. Yeah. I think that's fair for like, or that's good for like wanted and for Kingsman, Mm -hmm. you know, but maybe this should have been more grounded in order to kind of push that theme forward. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I totally understand. But that's honestly, it's a nitpick because the movie's a lot of fun. The action, the music, the way it's shot, I think it does really, really well. And it's such a good representation of like what a comic book movie should be, I think. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? it did a really good job adapting this comic, too. 
Yeah. By the way, this comic was originally a Marvel published comic. Oh, was it really? I didn't know that. Indirectly, it was under like another one of Marvel's imprints, but it was originally oh, a Marvel nice. comic before it got um, moved over to I want to say Image, but I'm not sure. Yeah. So moving on to Keeper Cancel, I don't even know who to talk about because we've talked about Nicolas Cage a lot right. already. I don't want to <laughs> even touch that anymore. Do we go Aaron Taylor Johnson? Do we go Chloe Grace Moretz? Do we go Mark Strong? To go Mark Millar? Matthew Vaughn. I didn't, a, even, I didn't even write anything down for this because I'm like... Well, here's the thing, know. though. I don't think there's anybody in this movie that I would cancel, honestly. Again, small budget, small names, too. Yeah, right? none of these people were big names at the time. Yeah. The biggest name was probably... Uh, Nick Cage, by far. Nick Cage and McLovin. <laughs> it's crazy that, that, yeah, this is a time when McLovin is probably more famous than Chloe Grace Moretz and Mark Strong. Yeah. I so, think this is the first thing I've seen Mark Strong in. That I can remember, uh, at least. He's in Lockstock Through Smoking Barrels, I think. He was in Shazam. Yeah, no, I know that. He was in Sherlock Holmes a year earlier. I'm, like, Googling all this now. Oh! Stardust, obviously. He was in Stardust with uh, Matthew Von Der. I'm sorry, he was not in Lockstock Through Smoking Barrels. I'd say this is the first role that... Sunshine. Have you seen Sunshine? That movie's fantastic. I have not. He's in that. So this would have been the first role that we would have noticed him in, probably. Yeah, because everything else I'm seeing was, like, after Kick-Ass. Yeah. He was great in Kingsman. Oh, he's, he's Mark fantastic Str- Mark in Strong's that. fantastic. I know, I, I really like him. He was even good in Green Lantern. Like, the he's issues not, with the movie was not him. Not the worst part of Green Lantern, you're <laughs> No, right. not at all. Chloe Grace Moretz, I haven't seen her in a lot else. I know she's acting a lot now, but... I remember seeing her in a, some vampire movie... She seems to be a very good actress. All around. She, she, this I love her in this movie. Career. No, it kickstarts her career. I love her in this movie. It was like the cutest interview with her where she's like... She's basically like, if I said any of the words in this movie, I'd be granted for a week. Yeah, and she wasn't allowed to see the movie. She either. wasn't allowed to see the movie. She was like, no, like I'm a normal kid. Like She knows that the words that she was saying was yeah. bad. It was, it was I mean, she honestly says adorable. Cunt in this movie like yes. three times. Yes. I think she says fuck a couple times. Yeah. Like She's she, fantastic, though. <laughs> She's a great actress. Every, no, she steals the show in every fucking <laughs> scene in this movie. I'm actually super excited to watch Kick-Ass 2 because I haven't seen it before. As for Keep or Cancel, I don't. I can't even think of anybody I would even consider canceling for this. Uh, yeah, so Aaron Taylor Johnson, he seems to be like a fine actor. I saw him in Godzilla, obviously yeah. in Avengers. In Avengers. Um, I haven't seen him much else. He's fine, so cool. He's fine. McLovin is no fine. No issue with him. Mark Strong fine. is fantastic. We're keeping him. I already said I'm canceling Nick Cage. <laughs> and I've already <laughs> said in the past that I would keep Nick Cage, so, so I guess that's where we're standing with that. That's where that's where we stand. It's always down to Nick Cage. Hopefully not anymore. I'm sick of this debate. <laughs> so, Into the Phantom Zone or not? Oh, absolutely not. This not, is, yeah. This movie's a joy. Easy question. This movie's so much fun. Definitely watch it. Not in the Phantom Zone at all. This I want to watch this movie over This and over is again. one of the few movies where we will say, like, watch this one. Oh, yeah. And I'm upset with myself that I've never seen this movie again after I saw it in theaters literally 10 years ago. <laughs> I definitely want to watch this movie every couple years. It's one of those where it earns its rewatches, you know? Yeah. This is a good property. It's a good film. We're not chucking it into the Phantom Zone. Next week, what movie are we doing? Kick-Ass 2? Obviously, the sequel. Yeah. We do franchises all in, in together, so next week we're doing Kick-Ass 2. 
Again, it is also not streaming anywhere. You would have to rent it if you want to watch it. But we recommend renting a movie every now and then. If you definitely, if you can't find it anywhere else on a streaming platform, rent it. Like it's not a big deal. Yeah, and we're not being paid to say this or anything. Just it's not do a lot it. of money. Just fucking check out the three bucks, man. It's not just watch the movie, rent it. <laughs> uh, so hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for that piano dude for our musical intro. Uh, make sure you check us out on Instagram. We're on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone with underscores for spaces. We're on Twitter at Films from PZ. Hot takes. Hot, definitely a lot of hot takes. Uh, make sure you leave a rating and a review. You can go on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave a review. It helps the bots. Keeps us relevant to other people. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Relevant, that's the right word. Yeah, seriously. We don't get paid for this yet or anything. Not so. at all. <laughs> so anything helps. Tell a friend, please. You can argue with us on any of those platforms. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. You got anything else you want to add? Not really. No. You, want, you want people to talk to you? Mm, maybe not directly. Yet. Yeah, just just use our you, use Instagram our Use our Twitter. actual... Don't find our... No, <laughs> uh, unless I know you. Right, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.